Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, happy Independence Day, everyone. Welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. We're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And this week is the 4th of July, the Independence Day. So we will be talking about what it means to have, be living in the land of the free and the red, white, and blue. We will also be talking about some July garden tips as well as how to make your teens and your, your children more self-reliant. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, empowering women, family, and youth for increased literacy, improved positive media, while providing tools for living since 1999. So make a donation today at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And this is from Mohandas Gandhi. An eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind. I thought that was appropriate for... Independence Day, a time that we fought for our freedom, and uh, it's not that we wanted an eye for an eye, but we definitely, you know, I think when you have any kind of tyranny, you want to get away from it. So Independence Day, known as the 4th of July, it is a federal holiday in the United States, and it is commemorating the adoption of the Declaration of Independence, which supposedly was signed on July 4th. 1776. So, Heather, let's talk about 4th of July. What does it mean to you? I know. Well, you know, it's always funny when we kind of go into the history of things, because I always like many people don't know um, exactly things are related to why we celebrate them, why we have time off, why we do these things. Uh, you know, I feel like for me, my association, you know, what I think is literally of 4th of July, I always think 
barbecues, summertime, a really great time to get together with family, which in ways, you know, in one sense that seems so commercialized and not really commensurating what exactly occurred so long ago. Um, but at the same time, which now, you know, the biggest thing I feel that we associate with it is freedom and all the things that came with it, you know, of having, um, you know, the, the Declaration of Independence and this after that coming in the Constitution, having, um, you know, I just feel like it's a really a day of getting together with people and feeling that freedom of Amer- being American. Um, that's what it's now incorporated to me. But um, having so many friends whose husbands or themselves um, or having other family members who are in some um, line of the military, um, it also means something to me in that way because I see with military families because they are truly still um, to this day representing that fact of freedom in America, of being free, of having all these rights, of having the ability to have these We take it for granted, don't we? We, we really take this, you know, we take it for granted. And I think what people don't realize is that if you go back to 1776 and you look at uh, the founders who were actually signing that Declaration of Independence, had they not, had America not won the war against Great Britain, they would have all been hung. Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, you know, all these people, uh, John Adams, they would have all been hung as traitors. So it was, they... We're risking their lives to help us have our fireworks and parades and barbecues and carnivals and picnics and all the fun things that we do on the 4th of July. But it really was about giving us freedom, which, as you said, the men and women in our military today, that's exactly what they're doing for us to maintain that freedom. Yeah, what for you, you know, when you think 4th of July, what does that really mean for you and us? Well, you know, again, it's always been kind of a, a special day for me because I was a history major and we, um, you know, we had to learn that the Declaration of Independence when I was in school. And so I, I thought that that was, you know, it was, it's always been a day of, um, of celebration and, and pride. The fact that we really are. Uh, a united country that we were founded on the principles of freedom and justice for all, you know, that whole united we stand. But I also, I like some of the trivia that surrounds the 4th of July or Independence Day because there is some, um, I don't want to say argument, but, you know, some like question if it was actually signed on the 4th of July because it was the second day of July 1776 that the um, Congress debated and revised the wording of the Declaration. And then mm-hmm. it was John Adams who wrote to his wife, Abigail, and actually Yeah, said, and saying how he thought that the second was going to be like yes. an amazing day in history. Exactly. And so, you know, they, it, is, it is celebrated on the 4th. But again, even that, some people seem to think that it might have even been um, authorized a month later. But who's to know? But um, but you know, did you read or did you uh, the read about the coincidences of both John Adams and Thomas about Jefferson? The deaths and birth of president. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, I think we should talk about that there. because I found that really fascinating. Both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Now they were two signers of the Declaration of Independence. 
They both served as presidents of the United States, and they both died on the same day, July 4th, 1826, exactly the 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. after the Declaration. So that's kind of interesting. And then another president, uh, James Monroe, who was also a founding father, he didn't sign the Declaration of Independence, but he was one of the people involved in it. Uh, he died on July 4th, 1831. So that's three presidents in a row who died. And then Calvin Coolidge, who was the 30th president of the United States, he was actually born on the 4th of July. So, so far, I guess he's the only president to have been born on Independence Day. But it's interesting, the 4th of July seems to be a big day for people to get married. And I have a girlfriend who got married on the 4th of July. I have friends who are going to a wedding this week on the 4th of July. So I think it depends on who you are. But for some people, it it really does have a very special, you know, a special connotation besides just, you know, the parades and the celebrations and all of that. So are you, do you, you know, do you hang your, the flag out? Are you dressing up? What, what do you do? <laughs> well, you know what? I, every year, Kate, unfortunately, with as many things to become adults, I am working in one point of it and then we're planning to just have a little, small little barbecue after with that. You know, something that really, you know, a lot of times people associate it with having these barbecue patriots. I mean, you see so many people out wearing, um, you know, American-themed clothing. And we just had the big World Cup. So we, America, we made it very far, but not as far as, of course, we wanted to. But, you know, I think it was really awesome that this happened. Um, the theme was yesterday, but it was right before um, 4th of July, because whenever there seems to be big, uh, you know, either big triumphs or big tragedies involving the United States, there is this um, big patriotism that, that comes up that you see a lot of people right. um, really celebrating America and having this American pride, and with us just having, um, being a part of the World Cup and advancing a lot further than people thought we were going to go. Um, there was a giant kind of bringing together of everyone. And people, you know, everyone already has all the, the flag stuff out um, and feeling that connection, that sense of pride in our country. And um, now leading into, you know, the fourth, um, you know, I think, you know, for us, we have a flag hanging out. I mean, that's as crazy as the dressing up as the house gets. Um, and I have my little outfit laid out, you know, for work, my red, white, and blue. Um, but, you know, the funny thing when it comes to, uh, you know, this big thing about their barbecues, there are a lot of traditions, I don't know if you've ever seen on TV, but they often have these big um, eating contests that occur on the 4th of July, um, especially with hot dogs. And people usually think like American pie, food. Like, like pie eating contests and... You know, yeah, we yeah we often fairs. think. Um, well, you know, well actually, they're big national things. You know, it's a crazy to me to think that some people have a profession that are professional uh, eaters. Um, these, you know, eat, uh, competitive eating, um, and actually, like the two world people of it, one is they're both um, actually uh, Asian. I mean, uh, uh, Asian American, uh, and they're both the guy is super, you know, ripped and strong, and the girl's like 102 pounds as little as you think. But um, obviously, when people think American food, other than your know, pizza, uh, you know, kind of coming from more of an Italian side, we think hot dogs and burgers. And so each year mm-hmm. there is this big with Nathan's hot dogs, the big thing, the big New York hot dogs, they, they hold this contest. And I'm not sure the exact number of, um, 
you know, the contestants and all that, but it's ridiculous. I think it's in a minute of how many, and I, I think um, the current champion is something like, I don't know, 60 or 80, some ridiculous, ridiculous amount um, of food, but there's just sort of, you know, my little tricks and my little trivia things, interesting facts I kind of found about uh, for 4th of July of just stuff is um, one thing that, you know, you're kind of saying the, about the myths, you know, stuff about was it the second, was it the fourth? Well, the fourth of July um, was not actually declared a national holiday. And we've actually talked about this um, once before on another T for Two, talking about how things get recognized as national holidays um, and you know such and such days. But it was not declared a national holiday until 1941. So you know that's almost what 150 years going in without it. Uh, another thing too was but people July- actually started celebrating early on. I mean, it was like the very first Fourth of July. From then on, every year supposedly people celebrated. It wasn't a mm-hmm. national holiday, but but there were yeah, it was, well, it was uh, revered. You know, it was similar to currently how um, September 11th. Though we don't celebrate that. Um, people have said, you know, that eventually should become a national holiday and not in a, a day. I mean, it's, and as you think, too, that originally, you know, for the God was coming from a war, that we're, it's not that we're celebrating war, we're celebrating freedom. And people have said about September 11th that, you know, a very tragic day. But each year, you know, the, the celebration, the remembrance of it becomes bigger and bigger, that they they have... Um, these big press conferences and these dedications, and um, there's been talks that eventually one day they would like to make it a national holiday and the day of a truly a day of remembrance. So things like that that we still honor that you know for many years people honored it, and so eventually one day it became an actually national recognizing, and then it's sort of you know coming to something else. And coincidentally, also. Um, on July 4th of 1942 um, was uh, the air off, um, offense against Nazi Germany. That's when that first began. Um, getting into, again, the wars, the wars of our world. World War II. Um, and then, you know, other funny things. The first 4th of July party at the White House was 1801. Um, talking, getting back to hot dogs, that they say approximately 150 million hot dogs are on this day, on the 4th of July. So, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's just, you know, again, backyard barbecue. Wow. Um, also, that uh, speaking of, um, you know, things consumed on it, they say about 68 million cases of beer are sold on the 4th of July. Um, so, thus, it actually makes, you know, uh, there's different holidays, you know, um, New Year's is the biggest for champagne, but that Fourth of July does. Uh, that's make, an amazing. Uh, I mean, for businesses, for beer, you know, then uh, this is a, a big holiday because even little small towns. I mean, every, you know, here in Northern California, I mean, the, in the community where I live, um, it's rather rural, and there's three little small towns. They're not even called cities; they're just towns, and. Every one of them, they all have a parade. They all have a pancake breakfast. They all have a picnic in the park. They all have a band in the park. They all have fireworks at night. Um, And then they have all kinds of games all day long. So, I mean, it is exciting that that it, it doesn't matter where you are, that people are really and truly celebrating. Although I don't know if they really remember 
what the meaning is, even though they yeah, are and, wearing and red, white, and blue. You know something that I find so ironic and yet so true, a true to the American thing, of American pride, um, that they say um, about uh, 30, so 3.6 million uh, American flags are sold. Um, each year, especially in the 4th of July. However, they are all, um, for the most part, all flags, almost all flags are made in China. So yay, globalization <laughs> of us importing, that we spend all this money importing something uh, that is, you know, American. And I always find that, um, you know, that is actually something of, of you know, supporting American jobs, and this, but oftentimes many of our things that are, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, that are, again, flags, uh, sparklers. If you ever look on that, things are not made in this country. Um, and I, I always kind of find that of um, quite an interesting, slightly hypocrisy, irony, I guess, towards it. Uh, but, you know, overall for me in general, I, I kind of always, what I think when I think of the 4th of July is beyond just, you know, fun, is I really do feel freedom, and I feel that it's, you know, this day in our, in our country that even though it becomes, you know, commercialized and people more kind of think of it as a day off of work, it's a day to drink, it is, um, it is a day of, as a country that we really are one. And we are celebrating um, that pride of being American. As I think Americans, we have this way of we love celebrating every holiday, um, hence uh, St. Patrick's Day. Everyone seems to that they have some, oh, you know, yeah. 3%. And it doesn't matter whether you're Irish or not. People just people just want to celebrate. Well, you know what I often wonder, because, I mean, this gets back to, I think it was, was it third grade that you study American history? I'm trying to remember. But, you know, if you were to ask people today what were the 13 colonies, you know, they probably wouldn't be able to tell you. The 13 or- original colonies that declared independence. Mm-hmm. In 1776, because, you know, there was the the war with uh, Great Britain. So, you know, I, th- I think that we, obviously, it's been a few hundred years, and people would probably guess, guess which ones they are. Um, and I bet you people would say Washington, D.C., except for Washington, D.C. wasn't, isn't a state. <laughs> so I, I will say, I will tell you what the colonies are, just for all of you out there who are listening. They were Delaware, Pennsylvania. New Jersey, Georgia, Connecticut, Massachusetts Bay, and because Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New Jersey were formed by a merger, um, Maryland, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Virginia, New York, North Carolina, uh, Rhode Island, and Providence Plantations. Isn't that interesting? I know. It's so cr- I mean, with, with all things, you know, when you think about it, of us fleeing one country, um, you know, and then creating our other ones. But the things that are always so funny is that we have all these things of, um, you know, New England, like that, you know. We left well, you know, the reason, Heather, is because we were part of England. I mean, we were owned by England. And they, all these, the, the, what is called a state today, you know, like New Hampshire and Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, uh, they were called crown colonies. So they were colonies of, uh, of England. And that's why, you know, we have New York and New Hampshire and New this and New, you know, <laughs> New that. Uh, because the people who settled here were all from, from England. 
And then, oh, you know, I mean, in all the things, you know, I think of it, it's so fun. We, we left, we wanted to create our own country, but yet now we have New Hampshire, New right. York, New, like, these are all English, those are all English places, um, New England, and, you know, I guess it's, it's one of those, we, we wanted something, we wanted something new, but we still wanted to keep that old heritage with us. Right, but. right. Well, and this is, you know, this is another statistic, but, you know, I, it's not like I knew this. I, I researched it. But when the colonies were first populated um, and, you know, the Plymouth Rock and all this, originally in, in 1625, there were 1,980 people in America. And then by 1775, which is 150 years later, there were 2,400,000 people. So that is quite a big difference. And by 19, not, not 19, by 1776, 85% of the um, Caucasian population were of English, Irish, Scottish, and Welsh descent. So there was only a few, 9% and 4% were from Germany and Holland. You know, so, that's yeah. what I always find so interesting is that, I mean, truly they call America, we're the melting pot, that we are, we are all immigrant, unless you are truly Native American. American, and, exactly. Uh, A.K.A. that people, you know, that we now no longer politically correct to say, but if you were uh, Indian, as an in American Indian, but now we call, you know, Native American, if, you're, if your ancestors were truly, you know, the first inhabitants of the country, um, Otherwise, everyone else, we are, we are all immigrants here. Everyone immigrated from, from England, Ireland, um, Italy, all these things. And, uh, I always, from every part of the world, Asia, Africa, living in California, that we were, you know, California used to be a Mexican territory that, you know, it's, it's funny if you look at the shape of our country of how it's divided, um, you know, how we're connected to, um, you know, Canada, and Mexico, you know, is, is what divides these these things. Um, but yet there is, you know, because people are such uh, nationalists and that they, you know, with this such American pride, uh, we often forget that we, you know, we this country was founded on immigrants, and you know, there's, you know, there's so many people you know, that are so upset about people coming into the country and, um, you know, people being granted uh, citizenship um, or, you know, that they're, they're seeking sovereigns, that kind of stuff. But we have to remember, you know, we, we were all, uh, we all came here for some reason prior, even if, you know, uh, we've, our generations have now been here. Um, exactly. That wasn't our original state. So we have to remember we are truly America is the melting pot. Of, well, of and with people. that, let's celebrate our our Americanism, and on the 4th of July, may everyone be safe. May you remember that democracy and freedom were not free, and they're still not free. And we owe a great deal of debt to those who came before us and those who still fight to maintain our our rights and our liberties. And so we need to celebrate them and thank them for our freedom and our rights and you know, that's why it's so important that we vote and that we care. But I will be wearing red, white, and blue, and mine are all sparkles. <laughs> and I will be having a barbecue, and I will be watching fireworks and doing all those, you know, all those fun things and flying the flags. And um, But hopefully also remembering why I'm doing it. is It's not just for fun, although it will be fun. But it really is to celebrate that we are the United States of America. So give out the websites. 
Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And when we come back from break, we're going to go into the garden for tips on what you can do in this hot weather of July. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. We're here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and we're coming to you live. So don't go away. We'll be right here. The star you are, light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. Dot org. Be the lucky star you are. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times best-selling author and lifestyle coach Cynthia Bryan will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR and visit www.cynthiabryan.com When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan www.cynthiabryan.com Be the star you are You are the star Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, thanks for staying with us here on our 4th of July special. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Network. The Empowerment Channel, if you didn't receive the Be The Star You Are Star Searchers Express newsletter, which uh, was posted yesterday, you can send me an email, Cynthia at BeTheStarYouAre.org, and I'll get it to you, or you can look online at our website, and you could go to a newsletter at BTSYA.org and find out what has been happening, and we profiled a couple of our wonderful volunteers, and uh, we show you our new videos and all of that. So definitely check it out. I think you'll be interested. And an exciting thing that's happening, you've heard about the Coffee That Gives Back.org, that if you buy coffee, tea, hot chocolate, or they even have personal items and, you know, different kinds of things. Um, through July 9th, coffee that gives back.org is going to donate 
50% of the sales to be the star you are, but you got to get on it. They will donate 25% of sales through September 15th. And so we hope that you'll visit be this, uh, vi- yeah, but you can donate at be the star you are.org. But if you go to coffee that gives org. But another new thing I wanted to announce, because this just happened this week, is our volunteer, Ryan Anderson, who is a Dell employee. He lives in the Midwest, and he is he is the person who runs our Pinterest and our Google Plus sites. Uh, he has now designed a logo store for Be The Star You Are. And so you can now buy all kinds of really cool products like aprons and backpacks and totes and mugs and... Shirts, all kinds of things that he is having made with our uh, motto, Be the Star You Are or Read, Lead, Succeed. So we kind of think this is going to be the next, like, life is good. So we hope that you will visit that. You'll have to see it on our website as well. So go to btsya.org and click on our store. So uh, David Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, Sad, all good things are wild and free. And that is how I feel in the summer. It's here. Summer is here. It's July. And with the 4th of July promise of parades and pancake breakfasts and barbecues and fireworks, uh, family fun, our dry hills just glisten golden while water conservation is the talk of the town. The warm winter allowed fruit trees to burst into bloom only to have the blossoms knocked to the ground by late rains, at least here in California. And ripening fruit was sparse, if non-existent, except for certain varieties like plums and the grapes are doing great. Now, I did an early experiment of um, vegetable planting, planting a lot of seeds and small little seedlings early in April because the weather was warm. But the reality was the plants didn't do well. There was a lot of acute climate changes. You know, one day it would be 100 and the next day it would be 40. And so despite this was a failure, despite uh, despite my best efforts, it didn't work. So I'm glad I attempted the unexpected because next spring I'm just going to wait till as I normally do and plant in late May and do transplants of seedlings and don't even try with the seeds. Now on the positive side, Plants that froze have recovered and are thriving. And other than straightforward yard maintenance, July is really a relatively labor-free since we've already done so much of the heavy work and preparation for the season. So I know that for those of you who are on the East Coast and who are now are even in the Midwest who are suffering from floods and now there's hurricanes again and all, you know all these other kinds of, of storms happening – this is not your garden guide. This is definitely a West Coast garden guide because you are going to have a lot of work just doing the cleanup. And I'm sorry to hear that. We could certainly use some of your rain and you could certainly use some of our heat. But for those of you uh, who are on the West, uh, I want you to sit back on your patio, pour yourself a cold one, and enjoy living in the land of the free. Now, here are some of the things that you may want to try this month. You may want to rethink summer beverages by making your own flavored waters with fruits and herbs from your garden. You can add mint, cucumbers, tangerines, basil, berries to your favorite cocktail for a splash of sunshine. Remove your lawn and replace it with a sustainable landscape option and you may qualify for a rebate from your water company. So you want to get in touch with your water company 
and find out if they are giving rebates. Now, again, those are for people who are in drought areas as we are in California, Arizona, New Mexico. So check that out. You can conserve moisture by adding two or three inches of mulch to your landscape if you haven't already. And you can uh, also visit um, your water company. Again, they have discount coupons on purchasing mulch. Or, of course, you can just contact a, um, a gravel yard and a soil yard, and they'll have it for you. If you are trying to conserve water, and all of us should be, you want to water early in the morning or later in the evening to eliminate evaporation. And then water deeply but infrequently. So, in other words, if you can water for 20 minutes and, you know, water every other day as opposed to watering every day for 10 minutes, it's going to be much better because when it's hot, deep watering encourages a deeper root system. And that's what you need for your plants to survive. Your trees are the ones that are going to really suffer in the heat. So while lawns will come back if they're not watered, trees will die without H2O. So you want to buy a deep soaker rod, put it into the ground, and use it. So soak your tree roots with a deep soaker. And what you do with these deep soakers is you start about three or four feet from the trunk of the, of, of the tree and then work outwards, and depending on what kind of tree you are, uh, tree you have, and how big it is, you um, you know you might go as far as like fifteen feet out. Because just think about a tree, how the roots have spread. So they they're kind of like an umbrella, and you don't want to water right next to the trunk because it's not going to help the roots at all. Make sure to linger on a beach, uh, at a bench at the beach, or in your garden or the park. And just enjoy the beauty of the season right now. The birds are out in force, all kinds of birds. And if you put seed out in a bird feeder, within a few days, you will have more birds in your garden. The same thing, especially when it's warm, you want to fill your fountains and fill um, bird baths. And if you don't have a bird bath, you can just use a saucer or a very shallow bowl But it's really good to have uh, something out there for the bees, the butterflies, and the birds because they do get really thirsty and you want them to stay in your yard and not to be flying off. You can grow your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs and be water-wise. I don't know if you know this, but gardeners, home gardeners, use one-quarter to one-eighth less water than commercial growers for the same produce that you would buy. So... By growing your own, you're saving water. Now, another way to um, have to save uh, the moisture in your garden is to add straw to your beds. It's an excellent covering, and it provides a habitat for beneficial microbes, and it also keeps the soil most, uh, moist. This is the time that you're going to want to thin apricots, peaches, pears, apples, and lemons on your trees to allow for a tastier, larger fruit harvest when they're ripe. If you grow Santa Rosa plums, you can thin them as well. If you leave too many on the tree, the branches can break, as well as if you have too much fruit, this fruit's going to be smaller, and it probably isn't going to be as tasty. So by thinning it out, you are going to allow it to grow and to really hit its highest amount of sugar. The same thing goes if you grow grapes, is you want to thin some of the leaves so that uh, the grape, the bunches of grapes, the berries themselves, 
get some sunshine. And that way they're going to get more flavor and, and they're going to get more sugars. I use the leaves as table decorations. I use them as appetizer trays. And, and a lot in flower arrangements can scrape vines and grape leaves are awfully pretty. You can propagate herbs such as lovage and lemongrass and edible flowers like nasturtiums and calendula for a perennial party of exotic flavors. You can increase the amount of sunscreen you use while in the garden. I mean, in fact, you really need to increase it. You have to reapply often, wear a hat and sunglasses to protect your eyes. And if you're like me, I like to to garden in as little clothes as possible, just shorts and a t-shirt because um, I just get so warm. Make sure you put sunscreen on your arms and everywhere because you do, it just penetrates no matter, no matter what. Uh, this is the time to eat fresh organic eggs as eggs currently sold in supermarkets are nutritionally inferior to eggs produced by hens raised on pasture. Now, testing has found that compared to official U.S. Department of Agriculture, that's USDA, nutrient data for commercial eggs, Eggs from hens raised on pasture contain one-third less cholesterol, a quarter less saturated fat, two-thirds more vitamin A, two times more omega-3 fatty acids, three times more vitamins, and seven times more beta-carotene. So, yeah, I think you want to try to buy some fresh eggs. Make sure to clear the debris, the leaves, the limbs, the dead grass, the woods, the reeds, and all flammable materials from around the perimeter of your home. Fire danger is high all summer. Fire season never stopped here in California from 2013. And we are having fires here in California now, right now in the month of July that we normally don't see till October. So this is going to be a really big fire danger where other, the other states are having floods, we're having fires. Prepare to pay more for fresh produce at your local grocer and farmer's market if you haven't grown your own. And that doesn't matter where you live in the country because so much of the produce is coming from California. And because of the, the dry weather, we, prices are going to be much more expensive because water is gone sky high. Now, if you um, want to get rid of gnats, there is a, a great non-toxic, chemical-free fungus gnat control top dressing that's made from recycled landfill glass. It's called Growstone Gnat Nix, and you just put it on the surface of your containers and beds to reduce gnats and plants, um, and that way you can get rid of the gnats, whether it's indoor plants or outdoors, and I think that's a good one because you see those little gnats flying around and you don't know how to get rid of them? Well, Nat next. So go to growstone.com. You should volunteer in a city or community garden if you don't have a garden. And even if you're not a gardener, because research shows that even a little digging in the dirt boosts serotonin levels and decreases depression. Learn from your mistakes. Don't get frazzled when something you planted doesn't grow in a particular spot. Plants wither and die. Just plant something else. Cut back alliums after they are dry to encourage new growth and naturalization. Check yourself for ticks every time you come in from the outdoors. Ticks will jump on your body during hiking, gardening, and just strolling. I mean, I've had four hitchhike on me so far already this season. And it is the weirdest thing because you just, you, you don't feel them at all. And all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you see this black spot, you know, on your back. And you think, what is it? 
and it turns out it's a tick that's burrowed into you. So, you know, make sure you wash all your clothing and wash your hair. And it, even when you take shower, the ticks are there. So you, you really do have to have your, check yourself and get rid of them. Walk around your garden daily to observe what's new, what needs attention, and to admire your artistry. Decorate for Independence Day by filling containers with the colors of our flag. Red and white cyclamen, blue lobelia, white perennial alyssum paired with variegated society garlic makes a festive, movable display. And then, most of all, take a nap in the shade because you really do deserve a break today. So I wish you a fabulous 4th of July with family and friends. And as always, we want you to be safe, be wild, and be free, and happy gardening and happy growing. But most of all, be safe. So when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about how we can help our youth be more self-reliant. That's something that we all want. We want them to make smart choices. So we'll talk about that. And we're also going to talk about some tactics to protect your home from burglary. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We are live, and this is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. As leaders, we often have the job of communicating decisions, plans, and future directions. And unfortunately, employees often feel like they're in the dark and they wish we would communicate more often and more clearly. So here are some questions to help you be a more successful communicator. Ask, what are the key points or major messages that you want to share when communicating your decision? Outline these points ahead of time. And if each member of your leadership team is communicating individually, create a common list of key messages. And what do you really need to communicate? And write those down. Second is, how is the decision connected to and in alignment with the strategies, vision, mission, and values of the company? Since you may have struggled through the decision from those perspectives, and because you understand the strategy so clearly, these connections may seem obvious to you, but they may not be obvious to your audience. So help them see the connection and the relevance. Ask yourself, have we answered the why to the decision? People need to understand why they're doing something. You can describe the what and never address the why, and, but knowing the why helps people hear, understand, and accept a decision that you have made. Another question. Who's going to provide the communication? Is it an executive making the announcement? Are you sending an email? Is each individual manager sharing? Decide who will be the communicator. Next is how will it be communicated and what's the best medium? Are you going to, again, is it email? Are you having a meeting? Are you going to do voicemail and newsletter? So any of those things will be different for different situations, but You have to first consider the message, the implications, and the audience before determining the approach. Then when or by when are you going to communicate? You have to decide what is the time, the date, and is it going to be as soon as possible? Do you have to communicate communicate separately? What will be the process to check for understanding? 
You know, communication is a two-way process. It's not just speaking. It's speaking and listening and understanding. So you have to make plans to make sure that people have gotten the message and that they really got it. And to be more successful, you need to create some of the feedback mechanisms for dialogue. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. To book a coaching session, you can call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. You are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style. Be the star you are. Hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is live from the Voice America Network. Well, we all want our teens and our kids to be self-reliant. We want them to make positive choices. But fostering independence is truly a balancing act. Children need and want rules to follow, but if we hover over them like helicopters, then we prevent them from developing a sense of trust in themselves, of trusting their judgment and their ability to recover from mistakes. So to teach self-reliance, we have to involve giving kids firm guidelines as well as the room to apply and to test them and, of course, to make mistakes. It's normal for kids and especially for teenagers to challenge parents' authority. This is part of what helps them hone their decisions and uh, helps them to learn new skills. It's also part of flying the coop. I mean, if they were so happy at home, they would never, ever leave, right? So we have to, you know, we have to let them test us. So we could use these strategies as a starting point to help your children be more self-reliant. First of all, give kids responsibilities. Children of all ages can take on tasks that will help boost their sense of self-worth and autonomy. Younger kids, you can show them how to fold clothes, put away laundry, help with the dishes, clear the table, dust, you know, dust the furniture, mop the floors. That is a, a simple thing for kids to do. Of course, they should be already picking up their toys and hanging up their clothes and separating the dirty from, you know, from the clean. As children move more into their teens, they could get uh, um, they could mow the lawns. They could get jobs outside the house, you know, walking the dogs, having lemonade stands, or any kind of age-appropriate job. It depends what state you live in and how old the teenager is, if they can work and with a work permit in a regular business. But you want to involve kids in deciding on their duties and be explicit about what's required. Your idea of clean might not mirror theirs. So 
if you tell them exactly when, if you want them to mop a room or to do the dishes, exactly how you want it done so that they actually learn the, uh, learn how to take directions and feel proud when they've accomplished what they have set out to do. Now, don't forget to establish clear-cut consequences for not finishing, not following through, or not sticking to it. You can give praise, but use it to prompt kids to take pride in their own hard work. And, you know, when your daughter or your son cleans his or her room, say, wow, how does spending time organizing your toys make you feel? Do you like having a clean room? And I think what you're teaching is lifelong skills that we're going to help them to, uh, to be better adults. Let them problem solve. Be a guide, not a fixer, as your children confront challenges. Instead of just offering solutions, help them think things through by asking open-ended questions like, what do you think would be a good way to handle that situation? How would that approach affect you, your friends, and your family? And when things don't turn out the way a child envisioned, ask, what went into your decision? Why did you do that? What might be a different tactic for you to for next time? Most of all, don't do the work for your kids. I do know people who do their kids' homework because they want them to be straight-A students. But you know, that's not helping the kids at all. That's just you doing their homework. If you want your kids to be straight-A students, help them with their study skills. Show them how that they can sit down, give them a quiet space to study, and show them how they can be organized. And if they need help, help them, but don't do it for them. Make room for mistakes. We are so afraid to let our kids fail, yet recovering from slip-ups, both big and small, is a prime building block of self-reliance. We used to call it, you know, touching the fire or putting your hand on the stove. Is Sometimes it doesn't matter, especially with a little child, if you say hot, 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 don't touch it, don't touch it. They just want to touch it more. Sometimes you got to get burned first, and then you realize, huh, that's what hot is, and I don't want to get burned. So encourage healthy risk-taking, such as trying out for a new team or taking a challenging class, and reframe the concept of failure as a chance to learn and improve. Assure your children that their efforts and how they bounce back are what really, really matters, and that it doesn't matter if they make a mistake because failure is fertilizer. Now, it is important to have to make smart choices, and it's a fact. Adolescents are more likely than grown-ups to make impulsive emotional decisions, and that's because the teen brain, or specifically the not-yet-mature prefrontal cortex, isn't fully wired for thinking ahead or sizing up risks and rewards. I know that when I was a teen, I was always a risk taker. I, I wasn't into doing anything bad, but I had no problem, you know, jumping from airplanes or, or you know, jumping over a, a crevasse that went down hundreds of feet on a snowy mountain, not even thinking that the other side that I landed on just, you know, could crumble and fall. So, Sometimes we just don't think. But here are a few uh, suggestions that you could do for parents to help your kids develop a better skill set. Let go. After years of calling the shots, make sure you truly are ready to back off and let your child take charge. The translation and the transition from because I said so to what do you think is best is huge. And it's a scary step. 
when you hand over the baton, sometimes they're a little nervous to take it. Take opposing sides. So ask your teen to spell out orally or on paper the upside and the downside of any issue that is at hand that they're, they're struggling with. It's a good time to point out a few pluses and minuses and then let your child come up with his or her own decisions. Be a sounding board. Your kid might get mired in details and lose sight of the big picture, but if you listen to the thought process and help them refocus as needed, it will be really appreciated. And when I say listen, always remember that listening is a very important skill. And it's so, when your kids come with to you with the problem, it's better to listen and not jump in right away with a solution. Ask them, do you want my input? Would you like to have some advice on what you could do? Because sometimes they just may want, just want you to listen, just to be that sounding board, just to get that chip off of their shoulder. Hold your tongue because it does take all your willpower not to jump in and say, oh, I think you should do this. Or I think you remind yourself that the goal is for your teen to make an informed decision, even if you d- disagree with it. But as long as they have the pros and the cons of what they're going to do, that's going to be a positive thing. Reflect and regroup. Have a sit down and ask your kid to evaluate the decision after the fact. Find out what worked, what didn't, what she might do differently next time. And don't have any judgments or criticisms. Just let it flow. And if you do all these things, your kids are going to learn to be more self-reliant. They're going to learn that, that you are a dependable person, that you can, they can talk to you, and that they can share information with you without you judging them. And again, allow them to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're just humans in training. So give your kids the benefit of the doubt, but make sure to set boundaries and have strict consequences when they break the rules, because if you don't enforce the consequences, then your rules are meaningless. Now, summertime is a time also to protect your home from burglary. So here are a few tactics that could really help you be safe this summer, especially with all the traveling that people are doing. You know that a home burglary occurs in the U.S. every 13 seconds, and only one in four burglars are ever caught. So here's how to keep the bad guys at bay. Replace all exterior locks with deadbolts. Locks only provide security if you know who has every key. But when you move into a new home, you first of all, or even if you're renting, you want to hire a reputable locksmith to install new deadbolts. And yes, it may cost a little bit of money, or to change the lock, but it's going to keep you safe. So deadbolt locks can't be opened without a key. Board in dead locks embedded in the door are even harder to break through. So spend a few dollars for some good locks, and you can save thousands. Eliminated exposed door hinges. Burglars can take out the pin on an exposed door hinge and walk right in. So you want to rehang the door with the hinges on the inside. Install peepholes and motion sensor lights. Always know who's at the door before you open it. Sensor lights illuminate the path to your entrance when you come home in the evening. So those are a really good idea, and they're very inexpensive. If you have hidden keys, remove them. One out of three break-ins happens with no forced entry. If you're hiding a key under a mat, in a fake rock, or anywhere else, remove it. If you worry about losing keys, install a deadbolt with a keypad. Put lamps on timers. Install timers throughout your house and set them for random times. 
don't have them all go on at 6.30 and off at 11 because burglaries usually occur between 10 a.m. to 3. So set some lights to turn on during the day if the house is empty. Install window locks and pins. This discourages burglars who don't know, uh, who don't want to make noise by breaking glass. So if you use the same brand of lock for all your windows, they're easy to set if you use a key pin and then keep it accessible. Trim your trees and shrubs to, so that you, uh, nobody can hide there. Don't make it obvious that no one's home when you go out. Turn telephone and answer machine volumes down. Don't leave notes for family or friends on the door or mailbox. And always ask a trusted neighbor to pick up your mail. Don't leave ladders and tools lying about the yard because they'll use them to gain access. Destroy new TV and computer boxes because you don't want um, the world to know that you've just bought something. And finally, install an alarm system. So those are some ways to be safe this summer. And that's the show for today. I wish you a very happy 4th of July. And we want you to be safe and enjoy it. And remember that independence is our freedom. And we are very privileged to live here in the United States. And we need to honor those who are serving in our country. Thanks for being great listeners and letting Heather and I into your life every week. We want to empower you and help you change your life and help your dreams come true. For information about Star Style Productions, visit star-style.com. To make a donation to the charity or learn more about us, visit bethestarur.org or go to btsya.org. We hope that you have been informed and inspired and encouraged. We hope you'll read a book and have it be Be the Star You Are, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Business of Show Business, or Miracle Moments. And until next week, when we celebrate again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you, encouraging you to be the star you are, and let the fireworks begin. Happy 4th of July. We'll be back with you next week. Be the star you are, the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.